0: Because if you're like me and you're acutely aware of all your shortcomings as I am of mine, then you may do what I do sometimes and I ask the question, how can God really love me
1: with all the things I've done and all the mistakes that I've made? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at OnTheBrightSide.org. Now, get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby. Good morning. Are you happy today?
0: Are any of the Teen Challenge girls here this morning? Okay. Uh, Great job with the Teen Challenge Golf Tournament this week, I want to tell you. But I got to ask about was I happy today about 50 times the other day, (laughs) right after I made a terrible shot. Did you know that God really loves each and every one of us? Did you know that? It's good to remind ourselves that He does. Because if you're like me and you're acutely aware of all your shortcomings, as I am of mine, then you may do what I do sometimes and I ask the question, how can God really love me with all the things I've done and all the mistakes that I've made. If I choose to go down that road, it's not hard to talk myself into feeling unworthy and undeserving of God's love. And you know, we're not alone in feeling like that. We're in pretty good company. The Apostle Paul once said, I don't deserve to be an apostle. And if it isn't easy enough to feel unworthy of God's love because we're just not good enough, then sometimes we just feel insignificant. We say, why would God love me? I'm just a nobody in the grand scheme of things. Well, we're not alone in feeling like that either. Moses once said, who am I that I should lead the people out of Egypt? So feeling unworthy and insignificant... That's not very unusual. But here's the thing. It's not true. We can't allow those feelings to do anything but remind us of what is true. And that is this. God does love you. And you do matter to him. And I'm going to tell you why. You see, God doesn't love you because of anything you have or haven't done. He doesn't love you because you're a good person. You'll never be good enough to earn God's love. It's because of His amazing grace that He loves you. And love isn't something God just does. Love is who God is. The Word says it in John. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in Him. So God isn't going around deciding what to love and not love. God is love. That's who God is. And if God is love, then everything he makes, he makes out of love. And whether you feel like it or not today, you can believe that when God made you, it was completely out of love. And you know something else? When you love someone, they matter to you. They are not insignificant. The Word says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. Even though there are six billion people on earth, God has a deep and intense interest in you and your well-being. What I'm saying is you matter. You matter to God. You know, when Dana and I became parents for the first time with the birth of our daughter Ashley I didn't think it was possible to love anything as much as that little girl but then when our second daughter Elise was born somehow it was the most natural thing in the world to love her just as much as Ashley and now you've heard me bragging about our granddaughter we, we can't believe how much we how much love we can feel for that child and yet nothing takes away from the love we already have for our family. And you see, that's the miracle of love that God shares with us, that true love, God's love, never divides, always expands to include everyone we can love. So can we completely understand how God can love us also individually? I really doubt it. But I do know that you could live every second of your life knowing that you have a loving Father who cherishes every moment spent with you. And when you recite John 3.16, you could just as well say, For God so loved me that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in me shall not perish but have everlasting life. You can say that. Because God loves you that
1: much. We all have the capacity for faith and doubt, but it's your faith that connects you to the power of God, and it overcomes your doubt and fears. Stay tuned to hear how to activate the power of faith in your life. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. And now back to On the Bright Side, as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith. I want to ask you a question
0: this morning. How is your faith today? Is it strong? Do you feel like you have big faith today? You know, I know a lot of people who are going through some difficult times right now. And one of the things that we always like to say to each other in these tough times is keep the faith. Keep the faith, brother. So are you keeping the faith this morning? I want to talk about faith for just a minute. Did you know that faith is absolutely the key to our being able to survive in this world? We have to understand this. We can't afford to let the world or anybody or any event shake our faith in God. In fact, when we're reminded about earth-shaking things, like September 11th. We have to turn to our faith just to get through and to process things like that. And without our faith, these things would do us in. But because of our faith, we can live and we can anticipate a blessed and victorious life in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? You see, faith is not only critical to us, but it's very important to God that we have faith. In fact, the Word says that it's impossible to please God without faith. And that's why I want to share a few simple truths about faith that we need to never forget. And the first simple truth about faith is faith is simple. Faith isn't complicated. One of my favorite Bible stories about faith is the one about Jesus and the centurion. A centurion is a soldier. And a soldier came to Jesus for help because his servant was paralyzed and was suffering. And when the Lord heard his story, the Lord said, Well, shall I come over and heal him? And the soldier told him basically that he knew that Jesus was busy and that if Jesus would just say the word, that he knew his servant would be healed. And when the Lord heard this response, the word says... He was amazed. Now, how many know it would take something really amazing to amaze the Lord? And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. I haven't found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Now, I love this story because of the soldier's simple, unspiritual-like logic. He believed the Lord could do anything, which meant he could do it anywhere he wanted to. He had simple faith. It wasn't complicated to him. The second truth about faith is that we all have faith and we all have some doubt. The word says we were all given a measure of faith. And we see examples in the word where faith and doubt are at work at the same time. When Jesus came walking on the water out to the boat where the disciples were, Peter called out, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come where you are. And the Lord said, Okay, come. So in a leap of faith, Peter stepped out into the sea and started walking on water. And then suddenly the wind kicked up and he became afraid and he began to sink. And when Jesus reached out and caught him, he said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So you see right there in the middle of defying nature, we have faith and we have doubt both being revealed in Peter. You see, we all have the capacity for faith and the capacity for doubt, but it's your faith that connects you to the power of God. It's your faith that overcomes your doubts and your fears. And you don't even have to fully understand it to know it and to see it activated in your life. The next truth about faith is that we all need faith. Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on earth? And it sounds so obvious to say a Christian needs faith. But it's us Christians who run and hide sometimes, not because we've admitted that we have have doubt, but because we weren't strong enough to take the leap of faith when the opportunity was there. We need faith in our lives, and we need to exercise it and develop it so when we're tested, It stands up and it reveals the living Spirit of God that's inside of us. And that's the last truth about faith that I want to remind you of today. We can all develop our faith. The Word says faith comes by hearing the message. And the message is heard through the Word about Christ. God's Word can't help but to build our faith. When we pray... When we give praise, when we give, we're growing our faith. We're growing our faith. We can't let our guard down because like Peter, the winds will come. Our faith will be tested, but through his word, we'll find faith and we'll find victory over doubt. I like this saying, listen to this. Faith is putting all your eggs in God's basket. And then counting all your chickens before they hatch. If you're struggling to have enough faith today, just remember these truths about faith. Faith is simple. We all have it. We all need it. And we can all develop it. Because His Word always rings true. And we can count on Him to strengthen our faith. You see, you can only have faith in what you can depend on. You can only have faith in what you can count on. And in your life, people will let you down. Your employer will let you down. Your government will let you down. But God will not let you down. You can trust Him. You can count on Him. You can have faith in God whose word is true and who always keeps His promises. In fact, the Lord even told us what to expect. When we exercise our faith, do you remember this? Right before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he said, Didn't I tell you that if you only believed, you would see the glory of God? How's your faith this morning? Do you have big faith this morning? Turn to the person next to you and say, Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith.
1: Are you all in for the pursuit of Jesus Christ and his purpose for your life? Stay right there to discover the joy that comes when you decide to go all in. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. I love the intense brightness and durability of Nebo Tools flashlights. Listen, my neighbor lost his keys and I asked if he had checked on the seat of his car. He had, but I handed him my Nebo Tools second generation Slide King flashlight and I told him to look again. He found the keys. My neighbor was impressed. This flashlight is so bright. I want one of these, he says. So I ordered him Nebo Tools second generation Slide King flashlight, an amazing high power 500 lumen flashlight, chips on board work light, red light and red hazard flasher. We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on The Bright Side.
0: I'd like to talk to you today about commitment. Do you remember the old joke about the pig and the chicken who were walking by a church where a potluck dinner was taking place? Getting caught up in the spirit of the event The pig suggested to the chicken that they jump in and help out. Great idea, said the chicken. Let's offer them some ham and eggs. Wait a minute, not so fast, said the pig. For you, that's just a contribution. But for me, that's a total commitment. So these days, there's a phrase out there that we all know that indicates Total commitment, and that phrase is going all in. I'm going all in. How many know what I'm talking about? Now, I wasn't going to ask you how you all know this phrase, but okay, you know it because at some point you have watched one of those many shows on professional poker players on television, and whenever a poker player risks everything he has in one hand, It's called going all in, which is exactly what the pig would be doing if he went along with the chickens plan. So I'm going to give you something to think about by asking you that question in regard to your Christian walk with the Lord today and in your involvement with the church. The question is, are you all in? Now, I'm not questioning anyone's commitment but i know it's a good thing when i question my own level of commitment so the question really is a personal one am i all in now when i ask the question are you all in it's with the knowledge that the word provides that being all in is the only way god meant for his kingdom to be advanced because jesus went all in where you and i was concerned he was totally committed to his mission. He said he would bring life and healing, and he did. He said he would suffer, and he did. He said he would die for our sins, and he did. And he said he would rise again and sit at the Father's right hand, and he will prepare a place for us, and he has. Jesus was definitely and is definitely all in and still is today. Now, in my job as a leader in our family business, I'm responsible for asking the big what if questions. Like, what if we invested in that equipment or that technology? What if we hired that person? What if we got behind that product? What result could we expect if we made a commitment to this idea or that one? And it's by asking these questions that we begin to form a conscious business plan for our future. So I wanna ask you another question. What if all of us were all in? Can you imagine? The power of a unified, single-minded, multi-talented group of spirit-filled believers all banded together? Engaged in ministry, even in just this community? You see, the church has always been filled with lots of people with good intentions. But good intentions aren't enough. And good intentions are not acceptable the Lord. I hate to tell you that. Jesus didn't come to the world with good intentions. He came to give us hope, life, and a future. And His actions validated His every word. The Word says, As the body without the Spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Now we understand that our good deeds in themselves carried no promise. Of hope in eternity. But knowing that. We also know that the smallest deed is greater than the greatest intention. What if. All of us. were all in. Working. Active in the kingdom of God. Can I ask you something today? Are you all in? Are you. All in the pursuit of Jesus Christ and his pursuit for your life. If you're not, if you're holding back for some reason, you're depriving yourself of the greatest joy of seeing what will happen if you did decide to go all in. That's what I want you to think about. It's how it would change your life if you were all in for the cause of Jesus Christ. Because there's no substitute for joining forces with the whole family of God and advancing the kingdom of God.
1: Learn more about NEBO tools at OnTheBrightSide.org or call 847-312-8197.
2: Pregnant, single, alone. Where does a young woman in this situation turn to for help? Embrace grace. Does your church stand in the gap for young pregnant women in need of love and support? Embrace Grace. How can a congregation be both pro-life and pro-love? Embrace Grace. Embrace Grace responds with love to women in an unplanned pregnancy. Embrace Grace reaches out with kindness and acceptance and without judgment. Nearly 500 churches offer Embrace Grace, a gospel-centered program designed to help single pregnant moms let go of past hurts and wounds and prepare them spiritually, emotionally, and and practically for motherhood. Embrace Grace paves the way for young single women to become spiritually and emotionally healthy parents. Visit EmbraceGrace.com or call 817-755-8484 to learn how your church can embrace grace. That's EmbraceGrace.com or call 817-755-8484.